Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. With me today is Ryan Kuhn. Ryan and his co-founder developed the idea for their company, Avail, on a napkin that now solves the needs of thousands of landlords and renters. Avail is creating a better rental experience for both landlords and tenants. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Seth. Excited to be talking with you. All right, so let's go back in time. I know you weren't always the found co-founder of Avail. You actually, I believe, left a high-paying investment banking job. So let's start with that. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I originally grew up in the northwest suburbs of Chicago here, went to school in the Midwest, studied accounting and finance, moved up to Chicago in 2007. So right before the whole financial crisis, financial thing happened, took a job really working as the grunt, working low man on the totem pole at an investment bank, working the crazy 80, 90, 100 hours a week. Looking at the flip books, crunching the numbers. You got it. You got it. So did that for about four years before saying enough's enough um, and set out to really build a business and start from scratch. Awesome. So I know you didn't just start from scratch. Like you did some other things. You travel. I mean, talk a little bit about the adventure. You had some adventures before you started Avail. Yeah. Yeah. So um, left banking and I was pretty sure what I wanted to do because I had been a landlord myself. I knew the ins and outs, the pains of managing rental properties. But before deciding to start to learn to code and all of that, I did spend about six months traveling through Europe, Asia, the Middle East, and um, just saw different parts of the world that I, I was always interested in, curious in, um, had some crazy experiences, but then eventually came back, made, it, made my way back to Chicago, connected with my co-founder, Lawrence. Um, and that's when we really decided to buckle down and start building what is now Avail. Okay, so you mentioned that you had been a landlord yourself. Talk a little bit about some of the pain you were experiencing that ultimately inspired Avail. Yeah, so here in the United States, there's about 48 million residential rental properties. About half of those units are institutionally owned, they're professionally managed, they've, been, they've had software available for them for years. Now, the other half of the rentals here in the U.S. are actually owned by men and women like us, people who are busy, full-time doctors, bankers, lawyer, entrepreneur. Um, and these people are just individual mom-and-pop landlords. They've historically managed properties with spreadsheets, pen and paper, paper checks, text messages, smoke signals, like 
anything under the sun, duct tape it together. And that's their system for managing rental properties. Um, that's exactly what I was doing. And what it did is it caused me to spend a lot of unnecessary time managing my properties, manually driving to the bank, depositing checks, responding to text messages, um, creating a lease, actually printing it out on paper, shoving it into a fax machine, send it, faxing it to the renter, and then having them print it, scan it, fax it back to me. Um, so it was just a bunch of unnecessary time for me. And then it trickled down and it caused a poor experience for the renter living in the property. So that's really what we set out to solve here with Avail. Okay. So you went from investment banking to Vagabond, taking some time to travel <laughs> the world. And then you come back to the U.S. and say, hey, let's solve this problem. Yet at the time, again, you had investment banking experience, no software, no coding, no SaaS experience. So talk a little bit about your learning curve. Yeah, I mean, I, I was really proficient with writing formulas in Excel, um, but actually writing software code, writing, um, actually building, building a product that eventually became Avail um, had zero clue, like, how does that actually happen? So I enrolled in a boot camp. So a Ruby on Rails boot camp way back in 2012 before it was the cool thing to do. Um, I was part of this, this small boot camp spent about six months in that boot camp, and then an additional two and a half years sitting down with the David Hartle Ruby on Rails tutorial book, like under building, like understanding how software comes to be, built countless Twitter clones. Um, and then eventually, you know, my co-founder and I, we were fortunate through a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to be able to cobble together the minimum viable product for what is now available. Okay, so you taught yourself how to code as best as you could with no previous experience. You then took the flying leap into the unknown and built something that you hoped would solve a problem that you had. How did you, how did you start marketing that? How did you get the word out? How did you get your first wave of beta testers? Talk a little bit about the initial launch. Yeah, so the initial first hundred or so landlords they were mostly friends and family. They were people that we knew or like second, third degree connections that we were able to, you know, go out and shake their hands and meet with one-on-one. -on -one. Um, but after that was admittedly where we failed as entrepreneurs. Like that was our biggest mistake. We made the, the mistake that everyone, every first time founder makes, which is we believe that if we built a product that, would solve our own problems that other people with same problems would, would come. Um, we very quickly realized that's not the case. And that's when we had to really sit down and, and look in the mirror and say, look, we can, we learned how to code. We can either figure out how are we going to get customers or we can pack it in. We can go back to a corporate job. Um, so that right around that time is when we really kind of, almost serendipitously stumbled upon the power of content marketing, the power of building a brand, the power of SEO, um, how to manage uh, AdWords campaign. I mean, so it was a lot of trial and error. Fortunately, uh, we made it through that period, but I would advise anyone in the audience here, Seth, to like not do, do, what, do what we say, but not what we did. Understood. Now, did you fund avail the initial development yourself or did you receive investment capital? So the initial build of the product, you know, Lawrence and I, we actually 
we had been lucky. We had saved up some money from, from our careers in banking and we intended to invest somewhere, call it 50 to a hundred thousand dollars of capital into building this business. And of course um, you started with sweat equity as well. Yeah, the sweat equity, but in, in a weird way, we kind of did that calculation of, look, we could take that 50 to a hundred and we could pay someone else to build the product for us. Or we could essentially use that as like our salaries as we were developing the product. So that's what we did. We paid ourselves a, a meager, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month just to afford ramen and mac and cheese and stuff. Um, but through that period, we, we built the product and then we got it launched. We had a little bit of capital left to like test some marketing things. Um, and then we eventually did raise some outside capital. And then to date, we've raised about nine million in outside capital to continue building and accelerate the growth here. All right, so obviously that's some rocket fuel. So you did the initial launch with people that you knew or somehow were connected with and then started the, hey, we got to do some of that paid marketing, organic marketing. We got to get people to find out about us. What did you learn from those first hundred users? Talk about the lessons there. Yeah, well, what we, what we realized there is there's a lot of software products out there on the market. I mean, even other people that we compete with today. Um, and what we really found through those conversations is that landlords don't necessarily want another set of tools. They don't want software. What they actually really care about is what all of us care about. It's that personal connection. It's that customer support. It's the like hand to hand, you know, if, if my renter makes a payment and I was scheduled to have a deposit to my Chase account, but I close that Chase account to open an account at City, and those funds are out there floating around in cyberspace, like I need to talk to a human because that's $3,000 that I need to make my mortgage payment. And I wanna talk with someone and get this straightened out now. I don't wanna send an email and wait 72 hours for a response. And so what we quickly realized from those first 100 users was the power of customer support. And that's something that we've actually leaned into more and more over the, the recent years as a way to really differentiate ourselves from anyone out there on the market. Okay, so that's an incredibly valuable lesson. So you listened, you figured out where you could win um, at the, and in this case, the customer service, the actual interaction as opposed to a Zendex support ticket that nobody ever answers or something like that. So, how did, how did you price avail? How does it work if I'm a landlord? And I know it doesn't just solve landlord problems anymore, right? You've evolved to serve the renters as well. So talk to us about how you evolved the experience. Yeah, so you certainly have evolved. I mean, we started as, as this like very functional set of tools solving landlord problems. What we've come to realize is that while that's really important, we also have to focus on our customer's customer, who's the renter. So we have to provide a lot of value for the customer's customer too. So on that front, we've rolled out additional features like credit boost where on time rent payments are actually reported back to the credit bureaus to help people build their credit score. Um, so we've, we've definitely evolved and expanded our, our reach and our audience there. In terms of pricing, there's a lot that we've done in terms of A-B testing different models. So we started out where every, every single user would pay us a, a set amount per month, regardless of how many units they had. What we quickly realized is that people with bigger portfolios, 
they're willing to pay more, they want to pay more. Um, and where we've actually been lucky to evolve into is where we now have a freemium model. So similar to like a Slack or a Zoom, where owners, regardless of how many units they have, they can use our product for free. If they want premium features and premium functionality and additional customization, they can decide to pay us a small monthly subscription of $5 per unit per month. Okay, so you followed a well-established pattern of freemium to paid. So that's obviously very well-traveled in the membership and SaaS space. So let's talk about that a little bit. What percentage, if you don't mind sharing, of your base is freemium versus paid? Yeah, so today I would say about 90% of landlords who use our product use it completely free where the landlords don't pay us anything, roughly 10% will convert into a paid subscription. Um, we feel really happy about that. That compares, I know for Dropbox, for yep. example, it's like four to 5%. So feel, pr feel pretty good about- Yeah, you've that got a goes. good metric on the conversion side. Um, for the 90% that are free, are there other ways that you're monetizing that? Yep. Yeah, so there are some additional ways that we monetize those. So when payments are traveling through our system, so each month we process tens of millions of dollars in rent payments, there's some small convenience fees. Um, so that you are made yourself standard. the banker in between. Very nice. You're, a toll, you're the toll barrier. <laughs> yeah, and, and one of the other things that we've done is we've expanded beyond just the nuts and bolts of managing properties into things like insurance, and cable and internet services. So when a renter yeah, is Yeah, you moving, were a referral source, obviously, in every local market, there's affiliate commissions on all of that. Very smart. Yep. So in addition to, to that uh, subscription fee paid by landlords, there's also some additional revenue drivers for the business. That's awesome. I would imagine, so you've, I can't turn my marketing hat off now. So you've got not only the paid model and then the normal affiliates that you would think of what a renters want. They want insurance, cable, phone, you know, uh, utilities, stuff like that are, I would imagine because of the size of your audience that there are other vendors totally unrelated to the traditional real estate space that might want access to and pay for advertising to that, due to that list. Do you offer that? We don't today. Um, it's How many renters are you serving across your network? Yeah, today there's about 480,000 renters. Wow. Okay, so that's a darn good list size. Yeah. Can I be yeah, your first advertiser? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the renters, what's interesting about them is they're spread across about 20,000 zip codes nationwide. Um, we've got a lot of really interesting information on who they are, where they live, um, yeah. and a bunch know of other- exactly where they live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we know where so. you live. So are you, um, so then let's talk about the communication. So what type of touch points and touches do the renters get versus the landlords get? And then how does that Ascension model work where, um, so there's, I'm gonna make like four questions in one. So I'm gonna do one at a time. So I'm a landlord, I'm using your service for free. How do you, and I'm happy. How do you get me to upgrade to paid and what type of marketing do I get to convince me to switch? Yeah, so this is an area we've, we've increasingly spent more and more time in, in an area that we call product marketing, where it's once, once a landlord is set up, they're happy, they're, con they're using the product. How do we emphasize more value that they could get 
by upgrading. So we do a lot of in-app notifications. We, we do some emails. We do have a small dedicated customer success team that actually will reach out to some people. We've got an algorithm that, that determines who are good candidates to reach out to. Um, using it more often or something like that. You got it. Um, so then, and, that's awesome. Do they, do you, so you mentioned in-app notifications, which makes me think there's a mobile version. So do you, have you ever, and this may not, obviously with COVID, you'd have to do it on Zoom, but have you ever done like a virtual, like landlord live event, best practices, how to make more profit margin on your properties, stuff like that? Yeah, we do offer, we do a series of webinars that we handle. Now those are more like us broadcasting out yeah. to hundreds or thousands of people. Um, one of the things that we launched about six months ago is actually a landlord forum that is part of talking to each other. Exactly. So get a lot of that user generated content, get, start building those relationships, uh, through the avail product. That's awesome. And then, uh, okay. So now let's move on to the renter side other than, Hey, your rents do log in and pay. How do you touch them? Yeah. So on both the landlord and the renter side, high quality educational content is paramount to what we do. So in addition to a, hey, pay your rent this month, we're, we're always thinking about ways to provide more value. So for example, things like sitting here today in the middle of August, fall is right around the corner. It's a, hey, as, as we're transitioning seasons here, what do we need to be thinking about? Are there any maintenance things that you should make sure your landlord is doing, for example? Or what, what, what do you need to know about lawn care as a renter for, for going into the fall? And, and just different pieces of content that we find that really resonates with that audience. And that, that's awesome. And then obviously you've got the ability to email or text or in-app notification. Um, do you do any direct mail on either side? We don't today. Um, I think there's probably a big opportunity there, but yeah, because with the size of the list and knowing the targeting you've got, you could rent the heck out of that. I mean, I wouldn't do it so much that they were getting something every couple days, but I mean, even if you did it like once a week or something, that's a substantial passive revenue stream. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of a um, lot of that exhaust, if you will, that that's coming out of a, a platform like this. Yeah, that's awesome. So. How, oh, so you talked about how it helps the landlords. How does it help the renters and why do they like it? Yeah, renters love our product because it's actually digitizing a lot of the manual archaic things that they had to do before. So if, if you think about how do renters historically pay rent, it's Mail by, by mailing a check, by walking across town, sliding it under the landlord's door. Um, maybe it's a, a quick pay or a Venmo or something. I mean, all of those tools really require action on behalf of the renter. With Avail, they're able to set it and forget it. They can set up automatic payments. They can build their credit history so they can actually improve their credit score by paying rent through Avail. Um, we Which make sure segues that- segues into, should we have LifeLock as an affiliate partner? Should we have a more Rocket Mortgage as an affiliate partner? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot as you start thinking about the journey from rentership to home ownership. Sure, do they get married, do they have kids, the whole life cycle. I mean, you could follow them forever. I mean, 
there's so many ways to monetize that. That's awesome. So this is the way it looks now. And obviously you guys are crushing it and that's awesome. But you did, you took a flying leap into the unknown and left a high paying dream, but slave job. Um, Cause that's what investment banking is until you survive the five years, don't have a heart attack, make part, make associate, get to carry the flip book. All that. Obviously I know I've done, we've done it. Um, Cause I speak the language, the pain of the language. So what, talk about the decision to go, oh my God, I'm jumping off without a parachute. Yeah, for me personally, I, I've always believed that I'm best when I'm learning new things. And that for me was the deciding factor to leave banking was, uh, hey, I'm, I even made it, made it past the analyst years, made it to associate. And I, I'm like, I'm still doing the same stuff that I was before. Um, and so I, I wasn't learning. And that's when I really said, you know, it's time for a change. Um, started thinking, okay, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm in my late twenties. What do I want to learn next? What can I learn? What am I passionate about? And so for me, it didn't really feel like that big of a jump because I felt like I was always in control in a way of making, making my decisions. I knew that if I worked hard and put my time and effort and blood, sweat, tears into something that it would work out, would pay off. That is absolutely awesome. Incredible success story, incredible journey. For our folks who want to learn more about everything Avail, where do they go? Yeah, they can head over to our website. It's avail.co, avail.co, A-V-A-I-L.co, or we're also on all the social media channels at Hello Avail. Awesome. Well, this has been Seth Green with Sharkpreneur here with Ryan Kuhn of avail.co. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you again, Seth. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We'll talk to you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727 727- 888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.